Continuing my ongoing conversation with Bill English here on Mornings with Carmen. Bill, welcome back. Hey, thanks. Good to be back. So we we arrive this morning at the anointing of David. Now, we don't yes. actually arrive at David becoming king because that's some years off yet. Um, but we do arrive at this anointing. Um, and it's a surprise to his family. It's, um, you know, it's certainly uh, a surprise to have the youngest of, of a family elevated to this kind of position. So talk with us about what we can learn from this particular passage of Scripture um, in terms of leadership lessons that come from the life of King David. Yeah, so these leadership lessons come from the life of David after he is anointed, but before he becomes king. God had to do at least 17 things in David to prepare him for leadership. This first one is uh, the what I call the test of being underestimated, or uh, the the lesson of learning how to handle it when others underestimate you, and the reason we get that um, that concept uh, uh, is 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 because we have um, David being overlooked by his family. You you did a great job reading the passage, but if you look back at verse eleven, or actually at verse uh, eight and nine, uh, Jesse has Abinadab come, but. That Abinadab isn't selected, neither is um, Shema. And in fact, all seven, seven of his sons pass in front of Samuel. None of them are selected. And mind you, that number seven, as you know, is a number of completeness, right? It's a number of, of this is the full lot, so to speak. And then Samuel has to say, uh, do you have any other sons? Because God hadn't chosen any of these seven. And they say, oh, well, we got, yeah, we got one more. He's out in the field. He's tending sheep. He's not important. He's the youngest. Really? You want us to go get him? That's that underestimation piece. And this is where God, in, in the very first lesson that David had to learn is that being underestimated by your family is not indicative of how God can use you in leadership and in ministry. And I think notably, uh, David is engaged in the family business while the rest of the family is uh, is at this religious event of sacrifice uh, by a visiting prophet. Uh, David is tending the sheep. And to some people, that might seem like an insignificant job. And I think that there are people, Bill, who feel like they are in a job that is less than the significance that they know they are called to in terms of their kingdom work. Talk about the importance of what we learn when we are doing um, things that might seem insignificant to us, and yet they are perfect preparation for the way God intends to use us in the future. Yeah, I mean, isn't this Ephesians 2.10 played out, right? Uh, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. When we stay focused on our present work and we understand that the present work is a call of God as well as a, a getting ready for the future, a preparation for the future, then we will see significance in our work, even though it is seemingly benign, seemingly not important, seemingly um, not really recognized or, or, or an, an, an important part of, of what the overall organization is doing. Look at what David learned how to do when he was a, uh, a shepherd. He learned how to play the harp, right? Uh, now, I, that's, that's kind of an odd word picture, right? We have... Um, David sitting out in the field with sheep, and he has a harp, and he's playing. I, it, it's almost comical. I think Saturday Night Live could do something with that, right? But that was his entrance into the king's court, right? He learned how to kill a lion and a bear. 
that's courage, as well as learning how to depend on God in really stressful, critical crisis times. And that gave him confidence in God for future battles. It gave him a godly perspective on how these kind of crisis situations work out. And it gave him a maturity and a faith that even surpassed Saul. I mean, remember, David mentions this killing of the lion and the bear when he goes to um, to fight Goliath. And he says to Saul, oh, I've killed the lion and a bear. I can handle this guy, right? And so those were things that he learned when he was seemingly doing something unimportant, which is tending sheep. So staying focused on your present work, understanding that that is God's call on your life right now, as well as God's preparation for you for future work. That is really important in terms of being um, uh, becoming a leader. So I I remember um, the story of the Sunday school teacher who um, I think his name was Edward Kimball, and he was so convicted um, that God had you know called him to be the person who who would lead evan- who would like lead a a serious evangelistic effort but what god gave him was the opportunity to teach this small group of young boys in sunday school yeah and he was just under this conviction and so one day he felt compelled to go to the, the a shoe store where one of those boys was stocking stocking shelves and that boy whom that man led to christ was dwight moody and and the list actually uh, of of young boys that he impacted through his uh, his personal ministry is really quite extensive and um, really extraordinary. But I think that we under we often underestimate the way God is going to use us because we expect that that the platform is going to be big. And I think what you're saying is sometimes the faithfulness, in fact, always the faithfulness in the thing God has set before us right now is preparing us in ways that we can't imagine for what God intends to do uh, to glorify himself in the future. Isn't it interesting how we always think the platform is big? Why is that? What is it, what is it about us that thinks big? Because yeah, we're, yeah. Well, but, uh, now I have a friend who would say an answer to that question because numbers matter because souls matter. And so the number of people that you and I can reach with the message, the saving, you know, the saving gospel of Jesus Christ, the more people we can reach through, you know, whatever way God gives us to do that, uh, then, uh, then the greater the opportunity uh, for people's hearts and minds to be transformed. But that suggests that God uh, can't just write it in the clouds if he wants to, right? I mean, he yeah, chooses to use yeah. people, and so um, and so we receive that as, as a calling. Hey, Bill, you and I got to take a quick break. When we yep. come back, let's continue the conversation about the leadership lessons we learn from the life of David in this interim between his anointing and becoming king. We're going to continue our conversation in just a minute here on Mornings with Carmen. In Continuing my conversation with Bill English from BibleandBusiness.com, where he has posted uh, an extensive list of lessons that we learn from the life of David between his anointing and when he actually becomes king. And so this preparation for leadership is important. It's important to all of us. There's much for us to learn. Uh, we have talked this morning in uh, in our conversation to this point. Uh, about First Samuel chapter sixteen, the first thirteen verses, you know God is the one who looks at the heart, and even when our families or others underestimate us, God is working in us um, what He wills in order that we would be prepared to do what He alone knows He has called us to do. 
And so let's um, let's return to that conversation, Bill. Beyond this notion that we might be underestimated by our family or even underestimated by others who look at, you know, who look at the outward appearance or assess the pedigree, uh, recognizing that God's the one who looks at the heart. If someone is being underestimated today, um, what do you want to say to them? Uh, Make sure that you're being led by God. And if you are being led by God, don't worry about the underestimation of the other person. Just keep focused on what God has called you to. Okay, Mm. so I'll use myself as an example. My calling by God is to integrate the Christian faith with business ownership, not just work, generally speaking, but and not just business, generally speaking, but with business ownership. Now, that's a niche, right? I mean, that's a really small niche. When I explain that to most people, you know, the reaction I get is, oh, hmm, really? And a complete lack of excitement, right? And in a sense, my call is underestimated. But I think think my call, and I'm not the only one called to this, by the way, but I think that my call is really, really important. And so I take their ho-hum responses, and I just go, okay, you know, fine. That's where they are. I'm going to continue on my call to do what I do, right, which is generate content, and, and try to write down as much as I can about what the Bible has to say about owning a business, really developing a theology of business ownership. Uh, it's really a kind of a dry, boring, benign, niche kind of thing. Uh, and yet I think in generations to come, it'll get picked up and, and it will be uh, really visceral to MBA programs, to college courses, to how uh, evangelicals think about business, because I don't think most evangelicals really have a either a strong view of business or a positive view of business. And uh, I, I think it, it'll be part of the conversation at some point in the future. So I'm, I'm doing my call. I mean, coming on the radio here with you, I'm, I'm living out my call. So yesterday we talked with uh, Dr. David Stevens, and I just felt compelled in the middle of our conversation to kind of ask him why he does what he does, which is to do what you do, but he does it in the medical community. Uh, you know, it, encouraging Christians to go into medical professions and then encouraging them in those medical professions to, you know, be people of faith who walk by faith um, and who are faithful. And and he talked about, um, you know, the open challenges that now exist to Christians uh, whose conscience is being just impugned on every front in terms of uh, life issues today. And and yet he persists. He's absolutely, there's just no question that he's called to what he's doing. And there may be some who underestimate that calling. Um, and, and as you say, there may be some who underestimate your calling or my calling. Um, and I think that there are a number of folks uh, out there, a lot of folks listening right now, who um, may have this sense that God is done with them, Oh, my. And and so, right, because God's not they, they don't feel like God is using them in any particular way. And so can you also talk about that? Because surely David um, let that let the way that he was being treated affect him. And sometimes we underestimate ourselves. Boy, we do. And I tell you what, that feeling of being put on the shelf, that feeling of being mm-hmm. put on the bench by God is a horrible feeling because I've been there. But I, I, I will just say that persist with God. If you feel like God has passed you by, that, 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 that he's put you on the bench, that he's put you on the shelf, persist with God. 
go to God, make sure that you're living a, a righteous life before him, and then uh, be patient to wait on his call. And whatever he puts in front of you, do it. And stay focused on the work that you have in front of you, understanding that that is God's preparation for you for the future. And, uh, boy, it's... it's it, and if and if your whole call is working with three year olds in the nursery, then go do it. Uh, if that's Amen. what God puts in front of you, if God puts in front of you to be the person who walks around and picks up trash on the side of the road, go do it. Right? God is going to prepare you, and He will not let any experience be wasted in your life. So, uh, you have just called to mind uh, two. Um two things that I learned, one fairly early on and one later. And uh, so I, during college, I went and worked during the sum, one summer at, at a camp and my assigned, my assignment, you know, when you, when you volunteer to go do that, you imagine that you're going to be used in a way that is, you know, in your mind significant. <laughs> I was responsible to pick up trash. Really? Yeah, yeah. And so, um, and, you know, teenagers um, who are not Christians, who are at an evangelistic uh, camp, they don't yet know that they're supposed to put trash in trash cans, apparently. They think that all the world is a trash can. And so um, my, uh, I was very frustrated after my first day on the job because I had committed to a whole month to do whatever it was that, you know, I was going to be asked to do. And I was, my assigned task was to pick up trash. And so I was voicing this frustration in uh, in a small group and uh, of you know other volunteers and we were all college students and you know, and I because they had more glorious jobs like cleaning toilets or you know washing dishes or right I mean we were all doing things that were very servant oriented and um, the leader looked at me and said okay here's here's just what I want you to think tomorrow tomorrow as you pick up trash because I wasn't going to be let off the job right? right so tomorrow as you pick up trash. I want you to actually consciously consider every single piece of trash that you pick up. I want you to just recognize that that's a little piece of Satan and you are removing it from this, you know, this beautiful creation and you are preparing this camp to be a place where, you know, God is going to reveal himself to these young people in ways that we, we don't yet know or, or cannot uh, understand. And so, so, so that's what I did. Every single piece of trash I picked up, I, I actually like consciously was like, Satan, I'm throwing you in, in the trash. I'm getting you off of God's good creation and, and you're going in the trash right now. Wow. And, um, and so it, it, it really taught me this every uh, moment by moment, every thought captive to Christ, every act that is redemptive because throwing away trash is redemptive. Um, it's a redemptive act. And so anyway, I just give that, uh, I, I offer that up because you brought it to mind um, just when, when you were talking. All right, Bill, you and I are going to have to leave it right there. All right. When we come back um, next week, where are we headed? Uh, that's a great question. <laughs> I'd have to go well, look. Here, well, let's do this. We're headed to the next lesson. <laughs> yes, we are. We're headed to the next lesson that we're going to learn from King David, <laughs> from the life of David between his anointing and when he becomes king. So that's uh, you can you, we can all look forward to that next week with Bill English <laughs> yes, here we will. when we talk again. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back.